to 1.37 p.m.'s Live from the Bar Cart. A look into the style, culture, strength, and grind of the modern day man. Welcome back to Live from the Bar Cart, where we look at pop culture, news, style, and business through the lens of entrepreneurship. Brian, I don't know this, but you live in the same city that today's NBA guest plays for. That's right. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona for a year, and that's where Alan Williams is from. And that's where he played for the Phoenix Suns. But actually, we recorded this a few weeks ago, and since then, he's become a free agent. I heard about that. Where do you think he'll end up? I actually think he might follow in the footsteps of one of his role models, Mr. Amari Stoudemire, and become a New York Knicks player. Very cool. My sports knowledge is very limited, so I can all tell. you're going to get from me is <laughs> very cool and interesting. What did you talk to Alan about when you guys hung out at the bar cart? Well, aside from basketball, we talked a lot about his family because his mom is the chief of police in Phoenix where she manages a lot of police officers and a big budget. And speaking of budget, he also does finances for his dad's political campaign. And he talked about how he himself might want to become a politician in the future. Very cool. Well, his mom sounds like a badass. She he is. does too. A family that slays together stays together. <laughs> he sounds like a first little guy. He plays basketball. He does finances for his father's political campaign. And he slays Mm-hmm. with this mom. I'm, I'm ready to hear this interview. Let's do it. All right, Alan Big Sauce Williams, welcome to 1.37 p.m.'s Live from the Bar Cart. My name is Brian Anthony Hernandez, and I'm your host. You are a NBA player from the Phoenix Suns, known for your hustle, known for double-doubles off the bench, just all-around great guy. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's truly an honor to be here with, with you guys who are are, are definitely hustlers yourselves and, and work really hard. So it's, it's awesome. an honor. Thank you. I was just telling you that you're making me really miss Phoenix. I used to live there working for the Arizona Republic. Uh, you grew up there and you're, you're still there. What do you, what do you enjoy most about it? Uh, I think it's the people, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm always biased about where I think the best people are in the world. And definitely Phoenix is, is, is up there. Just the, the quality of life that that everybody tends to have there is, is is pretty great. The sense of community that uh is 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 there is, is awesome too. And then of course just being a Phoenician is something that people carry with a lot of pride and it's something I'm really proud to be a part of. And also part of that community is someone very dear to your heart, Jerry Williams, your Who? mother. Who's that? No, I'm kidding. No, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> right now. No, no. no. So at one thirty seven PM we have a amazing Instagram franchise called My Female Role Model. And so that's why I bring up your mother because she's a big role model in your life. She is the Phoenix police chief. She oversees like 3,000 officers mm-hmm. and a budget of almost like 600 million. Yeah. Uh, why is she your role model? Just her perseverance through everything. Um, throughout life, she's tall and beautiful and was kind of pushed. She actually is a a theater major. So she was pushed towards theater modeling and that kind of stuff. And she chose to kind of break those, those barriers down and enlist into the police academy and has been doing it for, I think, 27, 28 years now. And so just her passion and her drive and her ability to be as humble as she is and, and continue to be a public servant for her whole life is something that I've really looked up to, something that I strive to be. And then obviously her pursuit for excellence and never settling for, for something that someone gives you and just going out there and working hard so that you can earn a good living and, and, and rise in the status rank. So it's, she's, she's worked hard her whole life and something I try to model my life after. It's beautiful. You're making me miss my mom right now. I love mom. Hi, <laughs> mom. Call love her after you this. so much. <laughs> 
Oh, say that again. Yeah. Hi, mom. I love you so much. Aww. I know she's going to be listening to this too, for sure. Awesome. I know that uh, you always hear about these soccer moms that are very dedicated. Was your mom or your dad like basketball moms, basketball dads? Mom was definitely team mom, for sure. So she would, she, not only would she work late nights on the job, she'd come back the next day, make sure we had breakfast in the morning, lunch dinner, all that kind of stuff. And then when we were playing our club ball, basketball, travel basketball, she would be the one that would take everybody in. She'd drive the car. She'd pack the snacks. She'd take us to eat. She'd be the loudest one in the crowd. And I still think she is. <laughs> Any NBA arena that I'm playing at, you can look up. My mom's there. She'll definitely be one of the loudest ones there. So uh, just her endless support and that motherly love that you that you kind of characterize as motherly love was was definitely a part of the, my life as well. Not only the, the, the sternness of a, of a career woman being and my mother, but also the love and caringness of, of her as well. Awesome. And one thing that you, I've noticed from you while you're playing is um, or before or after the game, you'll like walk up to other people in, in um, their uniforms aside from your mother because you, you respect those people so much. So much is that when did that start? Was it when your mom became police chief well before? Or? I think it was way before that. It was kind of when I became conscious of what a police officer's job is or any service person's job is, is to go out there and protect and serve the community in which we live in and make sure things are, are going as I guess as they should and, and kind of just, like I said, to keep people safe. So every time I see someone in uniform, whether it's military personnel, whether it's police officers, firefighters, EMTs, just walk up to them and thank them for their service because they're truly community servants. You know, a lot is asked from them. A lot of pressures on them, so definitely thank them and let them know that I support them and um, I'm just wanting to be safe as possible. Cool. You brought up club league earlier. I want to go back even further than that uh, to your origin story. What's the Allen Williams origin story? How did he get into basketball? Uh, my dad played in college, so he played at the University of Oklahoma for three years. Um, was a standout player in the city of Phoenix, and also was a really good player at Oklahoma. And basketball has just always been a part of my life. You know, growing up, I was always the tallest kid around. So I kind of got pushed into basketball at a young age. But I mean, I can remember going in my dad's office when he was a city councilman in Phoenix and having all the son's basketball assigned. I'd be trying to pick them up and dribble them. He'd tell me, no, you can't do that because these are autographed basketballs. But for me, I just saw an opportunity to, to play. And that's really what I like to do. You know, I was really diverse in the sports that I played when I was younger. I tried everything out. My parents always wanted me to have an uh, open mind about different things and to be really well-rounded. So I played all the different sports, choir, band, everything you could kind of throw your kid into. My parents threw me into. Wait, what'd you play in band? I played trumpet until I had braces and then I switched over to like the baritone, um, bigger mouthpiece so I could not have the pressure on my teeth so much. But I played that for like four or five years, played piano, played bass guitar. I've lost all my musical talents since <laughs> then because I stopped doing it in high school. But uh yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they they put my brother and I through uh, a bunch of different things, and I think it, it's kind of shaped me into the man that I am today, just being so well-rounded. And I credit all the credit to my parents for, for making sure that we, we got to experience different things in life. You also mentioned singing. Were mm -hmm. you a bass, a tenor? Uh, tenor. My brother and I were both tenors in the choir. We uh, we used to do a lot of solo stuff too. So we did a lot of duets. We go to like churches around the valley, and my parents would be like, "Yeah, have our son sing for you." And so we'd go to different churches and sing. And we're actually pretty good. I think my brother's a better singer, but I I can hold my I can hold my own for sure. <laughs> I mentioned that because just 
uh, this month there was a baseball player, blanking on the name right now, but he sang the national anthem before one of his games, and his team was so proud. Is that something you would try, or do you know any uh, fellow NBA players who would, like, be really good at doing that? I think there's probably, like, seven or eight guys that I probably can't think of off the top of my head, but I'm sure they're out there. I know I for sure would if I got the opportunity to. It's just kind of I have to practice a lot because I want to make sure that I put on a good a good performance. Uh, but uh, definitely something that I think that you'd be surprised at, at, the, at the things that NBA players can do aside from playing basketball. So yeah, we actually just put out a post this week about uh, football players um, in the World Cup, and some of them are like dentists, doctors. It's like everyone has a side hustle now. Absolutely, I mean it's, it's big. You know, you can't limit yourself to one thing. I know for a fact that. I know basketball won't be my end-all, be-all, so I have a bunch of other things that I'm working on with some friends and different things to make sure that when I do stop dribbling the ball that I have something that I can go into. And not, I would never say fall back on because I don't want it to be a step back. I want it to always be a continual step forward and to continue to build while I'm playing so that my future is set and I can, I can go right into something that I, I, I truly love to do. Can you talk about some of those projects? Or is it one of them like a... I heard you're a foodie. Yeah. Uh, would one of them be somewhere in the uh, f- food hospitality area? Yeah, something like that. You know, uh, my mom and I cook together all the time, and we always talk about having making a cookbook or something like that or opening a restaurant. Kind of difficult to do. Those ideas kind of bounce around all the time. But I think it's something that if we finally sat down and got to it, we could do. Uh, also, I am the campaign manager for my dad's uh, election coming up in August. So... Uh, he's the justice of the peace, and he's up for re-election right now. So I'm the campaign manager there. So I handle the the finances and 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 getting the calls out and making sure the right people get the right stuff. So that's been a lot of fun. And I think that politics might be something that I can kind of venture my see myself going into, maybe be the mayor of Phoenix one day. That'd be kind of cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it'd be cool. While we're on politics, I guess talk a little bit about the importance of voting nowadays and how you encourage your friends or other players in the league to to make sure their their vote is counted. Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, in this country we have the ability to change things just based off of how we feel about it. And an election is an opportunity for you to go out there and speak your mind through voting. And people say, well the votes don't count, there's this, there's that. Well it's like you need to get out there and, and, and put the effort forward. If you truly want change to come about and you don't like the way things are going, get out there and vote on it. Talk to your politicians, talk to, you know what I mean, use your social media platforms to get everybody out there and, and to vote. And whether you vote for one thing or the other, it's just that the ability that we have here in this nation to have that choice is so important and it's so valuable because there's a lot of places that don't have that opportunity to do that. So I would just say take advantage of it. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing the future in your political life now. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Mayor of Phoenix oh. wouldn't be a bad gig at all. You look like a mayor oh, right now. Thank very you sharp, so much. I, got, I don't have the... Uh, the pin, though, the the, the <laughs> um, United States pin or anything like that or the Arizona pin, but maybe one day I'll get one. It'd be kind of cool. <laughs> All right. At 137, we um, love talking to people who hustle and have the side hustles like we just talked about. You actually won a hustle award last year. What was that, and why do you think you earned that? So the Dan Marley, Dan Marley Hustle Award is given to the Phoenix Suns player that exudes the hustle and drive and tenacity uh, that Dan Marley played with back in the day. And so, I mean, it was voted on by my teammates, the fans, and I believe the coaches too. So to be able to win that award was such a tremendous honor. Um, I put a lot of work and effort into my craft and what I do, and I understand my role is to go out there and, and be the, the the garbage guy, quote unquote. Um, 
that the team needs me to be, that's setting screens, that's diving on loose balls, that's doing anything and everything that, you know what I mean, that not everybody will do. So uh, I was tremendously honored to be able to, to, to accept that award and then to be able to do it in front of the home fans and in, in, in the city that I grew up in just show that, that I love it and I, I do it for the city. You know what I mean? I'm hustling out there for the city of Phoenix and for the fans out there that give us everything that we got. So, Did uh, Dan give you the award? Yeah, he actually did. Cool. And I, I made a joke at Dan, too, because he's, a, he's a, the head coach at GCU, Grand Canyon University now, and they're a D1 school. And I teased him and asked him, like, would you have recruited me if I was in college? He said, heck yes, for sure, because I didn't get any love from any of the Arizona schools when I was yeah. coming out of high school. So it was really cool to hear him say that and get that, that validation from somebody as great as him. You did get love from UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. How was your your college basketball experience, and how did it get get you prepared for the professional life? College basketball was was incredible for me. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about being able to push myself to the limit, being able to juggle multiple things, and that side hustle kind of infected you guys here at one thirty seven p.m. Uh, talk about so much is is the ability to focus on one thing, but to know that there's another end in sight. And so I had to stay on top of my classes. I had to manage my social life. I had to deal with the on-court stuff, the all-court stuff. So, you know, it, was, it, was, it, it teaches you how to be a, a grown-up really fast. And some guys can thrive in it, and some guys it doesn't work too well for them. And luckily for me, I'm blessed to be able to have such a great support system around me that I was able to manage it in a, in a good way. And I'm here at where I am today. So it was, it, was, it was great. I loved UC Santa Barbara, every minute of it. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. That just wrapped up. It was quick. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the outcome? Did you expect those two teams again to be there and for it to be a sweep like it was? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody kind of going into it, it's crazy because at the beginning of the year, everybody said it's going to be the Cavs, it's going to be the Warriors. The Warriors are going to beat them. And throughout the year, there's all this parody that kind of goes on and this journey and this struggle that you kind of see within the NBA, teams fighting, going against teams and different things like that. And you have a team like Houston who has an opportunity to go out there and win that game seven or a team like Boston who has an opportunity to go out there and win that game seven. You know what I mean? Like we're a game away from having a completely different outcome. But at the end of the day, it all played out the exact way that most people thought it would. So. For that happening was, I, I think it was cool to see another Cavs Warriors because you have the best team, you have the best player going at it against each other. But uh, at the end of the day, the Warriors are, are the best team in the NBA, and they're they're what every team is striving to be like. And they they went out there and proved it. So it's cool to see. It reminds me of back in the day when the Bulls were always in it. Oh yeah, with Pippen and Jordan. I mean, how you how do you bet against <laughs> how do you bet against Michael Jordan and Pippen? I don't know how you bet against the Warriors. So. Right. Especially with Kevin Durant on the team now, like it just takes them to a whole nother level. It's I'm not gonna say it's unfair because they're my peers and I think at the end of the day they're just men. They're not superheroes or anything like that, but they're pretty darn good. It feels like they're superheroes yeah, they're, and you're they're right next really to them, right? Good. Oh my goodness, they're really good. Their talent level is unreal and then their IQ of the game and how they all find a way to, to mesh it all together is is special for sure. It's something that I'm I'm blessed to be able to be a part to be able to play against and see. All right, we talked about what's next for you. Um, I want to talk about who's next. Who, who in either the NBA or in college are is impressing you right now? Um, I'm gonna be biased and say my own teammate, Devin Booker, is a uh, is an extremely special talent, extremely special and gifted man as as a whole, and I think that he has the traits and the qualities to be a, a superstar in this league. 
And uh, I'm really excited to continue to play uh, alongside him and continue to support him and, and do that kind of stuff. And I can say he's a friend of mine, too, which is which is really awesome because he's a great guy, too. So uh, I'm really impressed with the work he's put in, especially this summer, and uh, the level of seriousness he's taken with this, this offseason, knowing that it's going to be a big year for us next year. Awesome. And then I have to know who's your favorite Suns player of all time. Ooh. When I lived there, I was rooting for, like, Steve Nash, yeah. Mario Stoudemire. That's tough. There's some really great players along the lines that I can think of. I'd probably have to go with Amari Stoudemire. Um, he was just so dominant at the time, and he and Steve had such a great uh, chemistry about them alongside with Sean Marion and guys like that. But Amari actually went to my barbershop growing up, so I got to see Amari all the time, signed my shoe, gave me a couple pairs of shoes. So just having him around was, was really cool, someone to look up to that was prominent in the community as well. And uh, I think he wore the, the the Phoenix Suns name really proudly. So I think it was awesome. All right. We talked about KD and LeBron and all these other players who are always on like the front page of magazines. But they can't do that without their teammates. They can't win championships without their teammates. What is the mindset of an NBA player who isn't necessarily always in the limelight as much as them? It's finding your niche. It's, it's kind of like finding what you do really well that can help that team. You know, it only takes one team to like you for you to be able to be in the league for a good amount of time. And uh, at least my mindset going into every game, every practice is how can I make this team better? What does coach need me to do to make this team better? And it's not going to be scoring the basketball a lot of times. It might be rebounding. It might be going in there playing defense. It might be playing spot minutes so somebody else can get a break. And you have to humble yourself because think about it. The NBA is the best of the best. And at some point in time, most of the guys in the league were the man on their team. And you have to be willing to take that back seat and understand your role in order to be successful. And I think that the really successful teams have a good core of guys that can sacrifice the accolades. They can sacrifice that line like that they're probably used to getting back when they were in college or playing somewhere else for the greater good of the organization, the greater good of the team. And that's what I try to bring to the Phoenix Suns organization is that mindset of I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help this team win. And so whether that's not playing and being on the sideline and making sure that my teammates' spirits are up and continuing to support them off the court or it's on the court, you need me to go out there and get you double-doubles or whatnot. Like I go into with that mindset of, Hey, how can I help and what can I do? Because at the end of the day, winning is the most important thing. And you got to have guys out there that, that really get that part of it. That is a true team player spirit right there. I really like that answer. <laughs> so most people look at sports and think about the physicality of it. Um, a lot of it is mental, too. How do you make sure you keep your mental health intact and while also being like very physically strong? Um, I think it it starts – the mental aspect is a big part of it. It's probably 75 to 80 percent of the game, maybe even 90 percent of the game is the mental aspect. But if you're physically not in shape, if you're not out there doing extra work, if you're not out there doing extra cardio, I like to spin – like Soul Cycle and all that kind of stuff is is incredible, and I love the energy that it brings. It doesn't even feel like you're doing a workout. So I get into stuff like that. I practice yoga sometimes, different kinds of meditation. Uh, my faith is 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 extremely big in my life. So going to church and doing Bible studies and reading different Bible verses kind of keep you grounded, keep you humble, so that you can put in the work every single day that it takes to keep your body in shape and. That's in turn kind of goes right up to your mind and keeps that in shape too because you always want to strengthen your mind because there's always different things to learn. The game is ever-evolving, and I think people are 
starting to see that kind of trend and transcend into a whole different NBA than what they're used to. And in order to keep up with that, you got to make sure that your mind is right and uh, your body's right. So extracurricular activities is what I like to call them. So I do my yoga, I do my spin. I drag my teammates out there to, to do it with me sometimes too, because it's, it's a good bonding experience at the end of the day. But yeah. Definitely. Which spin classes do you like the most? Because I feel like the playlist is definitely a make or break for the class. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got that vibe, but I'm my music tastes as eclectic as can be, so I can do a country spin if I needed to and, and still rock with it. As long as the energy in the room is great and everybody around me is, is kind of on the same vibe, then I'm having a good time. But I probably prefer the hip-hop soul cycle class or something like right. that. I feel awesome. like I want to reach out to soul cycle now and do a country spin class I, with I, you. I feel like they do, do it, it every once in a while. Yeah, they have to, right? How many country fans as there are? <laughs> I'm from Nebraska, so I'm one of them. Okay, right on. <laughs> All right. Growing up, like most kids, I watched a lot of basketball, had posters of like Kobe and Jordan and Charles Barkley on my my bedroom wall. Um, I always wanted to play professional sports. I never grew big enough. I never was as skilled as the people who are doing it. Um, but there are a lot of players out there who are. What are what, What's the advice you have for a player who's super talented, skilled, who may be able to get drafted straight out of high school? Would you advise him to go for it or do the college route so he has, you know, other areas where he can go into after life after basketball? Uh, I think that's it's it's case by case in that situation. I think a lot of times you see kids take that jump from high school and that's kind of what the NBA is kind of talking about now is maybe being able to allow that to happen again is I mean, the financial implications are huge. Going from high school, straight out of high school, if your family's in a dire situation and you have an opportunity to, to change your whole family situation all off of the stroke of a pen saying you're entering the draft and you get drafted, then I believe that there's a lot of power into that. And a lot of times you go to college to find yourself, to find your career, to grow up a little bit. Whereas if you have your career set and you know what you want to do and you have an opportunity to make a lot of money and grow and all that kind of things, I, I say go for it. I say the guys that do take the college route, um, it's not a bad thing. It's just another couple of years of, of developing and growing. And I think that, like I said, it's a case-by-case case situation. Um, I wouldn't advise one way or the other, but you got to take a look at yourself, look at your family situation, and kind of figure out what you want. Because a lot of those guys that are going to college, you know what I mean, let's be real about it, they're going for a year, maybe one or a semester or so, and then they're out of there doing the same thing anyway. So, um if you're going to take advantage of the opportunity of college, you should try to buy all the way into it and use that as a tool. But I think if you are talented enough to go out of high school then and somebody's going to pay you this money and help to develop you and grow you, then um, I say go for it. Well, Alan, thanks so much for joining us today. I know you're a busy guy. You have a busy day today with the NBA draft. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. This is 1.37 p.m. live from the bar cart. That was a pretty cool interview, Brian. Alan seems like a real team player who will do whatever it takes to help everybody else shine. Yeah, you definitely got to respect a guy who loves his mom. She taught him well. All right, it's time for Latest Launch. Let's get started. This is Latest Launch, a review of the latest tech, entertainment, and products the 137 team is indulging in. Ignition sequence start. All right, it's time for Latest Launch, where we talk about the stuff that you should try, listen to, watch, read. Everything that we're loving right now that you should also love and get into. And what I'm really loving is Childish Gambino's new EP that he just released. He came out with something else. Yeah, after the viral fame of This Is America, 
he just came out with what's called the Summer Pack, and it's two songs, summer summer themed. One's called Summertime Magic. It's very like imagine if Fire was smooth, like it's like a hot track, but it's、mm-hmm. like ooh, you want to groove in your chair to it, which I'm doing right now.、Mm-hmm. Is that what you do every time、mm-hmm. you hear a good song? Yeah,、ooh. people probably walking by my desk at work are like, oh my god, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah, I I haven't listened to the songs myself, but I remember earlier today in Slack, you were like, this song is fire, is what you said. Yeah, smooth fire. I believe you used several fire emojis. Yeah. <laughs> the second song on that EP is called Feels Like Summer. And that one's a little. It starts out like smooth as well, but then you listen to the lyrics, and it's kind of dark and talks more about global warming and how the world's getting hotter. There's less water in certain areas, and how birds and bees are dying.、Uh-oh. So he was making an environmental statement in that song. If people are listening to it, yeah, you know that's interesting because he takes a similar approach in This Is America, where it's like. The song is like you want to groove to it. It has a nice little thumping bass to it, but then he's really talking about some hard shit. Yeah, he catches you. He catches you with the melody, but then、and、like sneaks in the message. Yes, smart. I like it. Well, speaking of summer and、uh, climate change and the world dying, my latest launch is ASOS, the、uh, online retailer. Wait, haven't they been around for a while? They have Brian. Thanks for checking me. But they are doing some really cool stuff around sustainability. So a lot of these fast fashion companies create a lot of waste, right?、Uh, it's bad for the environment, obviously.、Um, and companies like H and M have tried to do certain、uh, measures to cut back on、um, eco waste and all these materials that they don't use. But it hasn't really made a dent in what's happening with the environment as a result of、um, uh, the retail industry.、Right. So、and、what's so, ASOS going to do? That's different, though. So what ASOS is doing? They're starting from the bottom up. They're going in into their company and partnering with different design institutions, the fashion fashion organizations, to retrain their designers to be smarter when they're designing、um, different items for、uh, their website. Um, which I think is a really cool approach. So that's one. But also, I have been buying a lot of ASOS clothing,、um, and I'm developing a slight addiction. But I think for good reason. So you know, I'm not a skinny boy, Brian. I don't know if, if you noticed this. Skinny is a state of mind. <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in Mississippi. I'm cornbread fed, as they would call、right. me and my body type. And I like that ASOS. Uh, has two X clothing and like things for curvy guys、yeah. that still look well tailored and still look like something that you want to look good in. It's not like all drooping off of you and like you know wrinkly and stuff,、um, and still fashionable.、Um, so and、yeah. this just elevates. Uh, your perception of them now with their sustainability. Exactly,、efforts. it's a company that's really come into my world quite recently. Um, and so, the more I'm learning about them and all this, the cool stuff that they're doing, the more I like them. Okay, y'all, that's it for this week's latest launch.、Uh, remember to rate and review us, and tell all your friends about us. And then follow me on social media. So I'm on Twitter at JJ McCorvey, JJ M C C O R V E Y, and Brian, you are on Twitter at I'm at Bah Journalist. B A H journalist. That's it from live from the bar cart. This is one thirty-seven p.m. If you want to own the future, start this minute. Live from the bar cart.
is a Gallery Media Production.